Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for Horse Sense Street Smart Investing, the podcast. I'm Ron Corning, and I'm here with Alan Ebright, who is the head of client relations for Hodges Capital Management. Good to see you, Alan. Good to be here. All right. So this one is for those out there who may be nearing retirement, wondering if they have what they need to retire, and also wondering if that nest egg can be a source of income in retirement, among other things. I find this like really fascinating because this can be so specific to each individual person, right? Correct. And um, this would be actually a pretty important podcast. So if you're if you're going to be retiring in the next year, this is going to be something you really want to key in on. Um, retirement income planning really isn't as hard as everybody thinks it is. And it involves a bunch of different levers and pulling which lever at which time. And and some people universally have certain levers, others do not. For example, Social Security seems to be the most universal of those sources of retirement income. The 401k, again, not as widespread, but probably second to Social Security, would you say? Yep. Everybody's probably going to have a 401k or some sort of savings vehicle. If you're self-employed, you probably have a, a SEP IRA. Uh, that you've been contributing to. So some sort of vehicle for your your nest egg to grow while you're working. And these these levers, as you call them, you sort of pull them at different times, right? Because a 401k, you can begin to access it at, is it 59 and a half? It's 59 and a half. That's correct. And what the, the normal course of action is you retire from your employer, you take your 401k, you roll it over into an IRA, an individual retirement account, there is no tax liability to do that. Do and you have to retire and leave your employer to get access to the 401k? In other words, you can't still be working and drawing on that income at 59 and a half. So if, if um, to roll over your 401k into an IRA, mm-hmm. um, the usual age is 59 and a half. Some companies will let you do it as early as 55. It just depends on the company and it depends on the 401k plan administrator. So you can continue to work for that company past 59 and a half and do something else with your 401k. You could. So you would, in that instance, it would call an in-service rollover. So you would leave your 401k open to continue mm-hmm. to contribute to it. But let's say that that you're, you know, 60 years old and that balance has really grown in there and you're, you know, maybe I should move this into an IRA because then I can actually hire an advisor to help steer this. So you get, you, you get people who are still employed, intend to work for a period of time, but come to you with a 401k rollover that they want to invest? Uh, sometimes yes. Okay. Yep. And what are they, so they expect that money to just grow some more or grow differently under your advisement? I don't know if it would be like grow differently. It would, I guess, depend on what they had inside of their 401k. They might have more choices, obviously, if they they roll it out. Correct. If they roll it out into an IRA, I mean, that opens up the possibility you could self-manage it. You can Mm -hmm. hire an advisor. Um, But what I've just found that the psychologically is when balances get bigger, sometimes people decide, you know, I think it's time to hire an advisor. So I'm going to move some of this money out of my 401k, move it into an IRA and, you know, start working with somebody. It's almost like the more you have, the greater your risk of loss 
if something goes wrong. Kind of a psychological thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yep. how, yeah, that's probably how that plays out. Yep. So you've got your social security. That's at 62 is the earliest you can take that. Yep. Full retirement, 66 to 67. And the max age is 70. But there are other people who already have pre-retirement and going into retirement, other investments. I'm thinking specifically rental property. So when you're consulting with a client, how do you map all of that out? Yeah. It, and you, you come in, you know, garden variety retiree, this is all going to happen in six months. Here's what I've got. I've got, you know, my wife and I have a joint account. She has an IRA. She has a Roth. I've got an IRA. I've mm -hmm. got a Roth. Um, I also have one of my employers pays out a pension. So I get X amount each month. Great. What else do you have? Well, we've got a rental property. Here's the math on the rental property. It's worth this. It throws off this much a month. Here's what we have to pay to maintain it. Here's kind of the net. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, those are your, your typical levers, your 401k, your accumulated savings, your social security, pension, rental property. Those are your typical sources of income. Have you found yourself in a position where you're either advising a client or a client is connecting the dots themselves and thinking, I can lean into retirement. It's not a, I'm working one day and I'm not working the next, but I'm going to start scaling back. I'm going to consult, but not necessarily be employed because now I've got this income coming in that's fairly regular, sustainable, and is supplementing my semi-retirement. Does that happen more often? It, it does happen. And it's, it's hard to, to, you know, give any specific example because all of, all of these components depend on the person, right? Mm -hmm. You, you get people that actually enjoy work and tell their, their company they're going to be leaving in the next year. And the employer says, Oh no, you're not. I've got this project and I'll hire you back as a consultant until you finish it. Okay. I don't mind doing that. Other people like, you know what? I've done this long enough. I am now 66. I am done. Let's set me up. I'm sailing off into retirement. I would think depending on the lifestyle that somebody enjoys or the lifestyle they're accustomed to or choices they're making about their future would dictate maybe when they retire or how much money they think they need in order to live comfortably in retirement. For that person who wants to make an income on their investment. How do you begin to break that down? How much is enough money to generate enough income? What's that algorithm look like? Right. So what I tell people to do, and you can, you can, you know, search the internet and read about these different numbers. If you multiply your total amount of investable assets, we'll just use a million dollars as a round number. You've got a million dollar IRA you multiply that by four to 5%. So that's 40 to 50,000 a year that you could take out of that and use as income. Mm -hmm. And then you supplement any sort of shortfall to get to your number mm -hmm. with your social security, or maybe you delay social security because you've got the pension. And if you delay social security, it's going to pay you more. If you wait till 66, 67 years old, it's going to be a lot more than if you were 62. If you wait till 70, it's going to be more than what you could have taken at 66 to 67. It seems on the one hand overwhelming to have all these moving parts and pieces. And at the same time, a great problem to have, right? That you have all of these various sources that each on their own may not amount to your annual income, but when added up or when managed correctly, could really put you on a different course sooner than you expected. Have you had clients who don't believe they're ready yet to retire, but they sit down and they start looking at this through your set of eyes, 
seeing all of these moving parts and pieces and everything you've just talked about, and you begin to show them, no, no, you're, you're good to do it now. Does that happen? It does happen. You get both. It's maybe somebody, they're, they're 55 years old and they say, you know, I need to kind of check myself. Am I on pace to retire in 10 years at 65? Have I made the, the right investment choices to grow my money at a decent amount to get to the number I need to be at so that I can retire? Mm-hmm. And these are things that you can work with when you when I sit down with a prospect. Um, other people have it all figured out. They're they're just kind of engrossed in it. They know they've gotten to their number. They know what their budget is. They know exactly how they're going to you know pull the levers themselves. Now they just need to hire an advisor to do this so they can enjoy their retirement. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting. Some people come to the table with this expectation that they have what they need, and then upon closer examination with an expert, they realize they don't, or the opposite could be true. They think they've got to do more. And really in truth, when it's broken down, they're good to go. Uh, correct. And, and, you know, my, my big advice to somebody who just turned 50 is do an accounting of what you have. Maybe you've worked for two or three places and you have two or three 401ks, you know, they're out there. You just haven't paid really close attention to them. Maybe you've got this Roth IRA that you almost forgot about. So figure out what you have and sit down with somebody. Mm -hmm. See if those accounts, even if you want to keep them separate and not hire an advisor, see if they're invested correctly to get you to that number you need to be at so that you can retire. Or or see if, if you're in a position, and again, this is where I find it fascinating that these are all personal decisions, but there are some people who decide, okay, we've lived in Dallas for X number of years. We've got this much equity in our home. We're going to go back to our hometown, mm-hmm. wherever that might be, in Indiana or Alabama, a small where I grew up in Maine, a smaller town where the cost of living is less, and our forever home for the rest of our lives is going to be there, bought and paid for. Therefore, we've now brought our expenses down. We can live comfortably and not worry about the stressors of life. Whereas other people want to continue to live at a certain level or in a certain place that costs more. Correct. You're, you're right on both fronts. I've seen plenty of people uh, where they have, you know, they've been living in the same house for 30 plus years and the amount of equity they've accumulated is, is huge. Mm-hmm. And they do want to move to a smaller town or I want to be closer to the grandkids who live 1200 miles away. Um, so you get all different types of, of, uh, people who want to retire differently. And so you sit down and you see, is this going to pencil out? This is how it will pencil out. This is how we're going to set up your portfolio. So it will pencil out. Um, and that's what we do for our retirees. Yeah. And I would think that that brings them some peace of mind. It's, Mm. it's not often something you want to confront. Am I good? Am I on the right track? Sometimes we have to confront those issues and to have you lay it out and map it out and set a goal date or give them options. If you want to live on this much, you can live this way. If you want to live on this much, you can live this way. Gives people, I would think, a sense of peace of mind. It does. And again, I will stress this so much. Do If you're 50, 55, do not ignore your investment accounts. Here, here's an extreme example. Let's say one Would of the, you say if you're younger, you can ignore it? No, you don't, you don't no. want to ignore it. I guess it's like, you know, it's there in the periphery, but I'll give you an example. Let's say one of the, the first 401k you set up, you didn't set it up to grow very much. 
you checked this box and it got allocated for this conservative. Way. Correct. For, to, to invest conservatively. And then, yeah. and then maybe maybe the market had a bad year the year you started your 401k. So that made you a little apprehensive of how you wanted to do this. Well, a few months go by, you probably forgot what box you checked. Then years go by, you completely forgot. And now you take a look at what you've got. And if you maybe took a different approach, it would have been a much bigger number. So the earlier you can do this, the better, because there's time to course correct if you do mm -hmm. this at 50. If you wait till you're 65 and you sit down with an advisor and say, okay, I think I'm going to retire next year. You know, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes people haven't put themselves in the best financial position. Yeah, that's the opposite of peace of mind. That's regret. Why didn't I ask the question sooner? Why did I put myself in this position? And so yep. by way of this podcast, we're hoping we can help you prevent that feeling that I don't have what I need to live the life I want. And you all can map it out the sooner, the better. That is the takeaway here. Alan, yes. thank you so much. Appreciate it. Alan Ebright here with Hodges Capital Management. I'm Ron Corning. This is Sense Street Smart Investing, the podcast. We will see you next time. Capital Management Incorporated, HCM, is an investment advisory firm registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC, is a wholly owned subsidiary of Hodges Capital Holdings and serves as investment advisor to the Hodges Funds. HCM is affiliated with First Dallas Securities Incorporated, a broker, dealer and investment advisor registered with the SEC. This discussion is not intended to be a forecast of future events and should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Investing involves risk. Principal loss is possible. Investing in smaller companies involves additional risk, such as limited liquidity and greater volatility. No current or prospective client should assume that information referenced in this communication is a recommendation to buy or sell any security or is a substitute for personalized investment advice from your individual advisor. HCM does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor for any related questions. All information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable and is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. This material was created for informational purposes only, and the opinions expressed are solely those of HCM. HCM shall not in any way be liable for claims and makes no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and are subject to change without notice. To learn more about the topics we covered in this episode, visit HodgesPrivateCapital.com. Continue the conversation on our Facebook page, 
Listen and download this episode and previous episodes on Apple Podcasts and on all other podcast platforms.